On today's episode, we discuss the least interesting race in a long time, the world's fastest and world's slowest Formula One pit stop, and I forget to write more clickbaity intros because I'm too sick. <coughs> to another episode of Copy That Mate. I am one of your hosts, Ben Sheets. And I am Javier Vasquez. And tonight, we have all kinds of stuff to talk about. Probably the most boring race in a while. Oh, wait, Probably. no. No, that, that was the wrong boring, I don't you mean, mean the most interesting? Yes, it is definitely the most boring. Yes, that is what I meant indeed. Um, so before we get going, Javi, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, just... Waiting for my lovely wife, Victoria, to get home. Gotta go Fantastic. Do some some uh, recruiting stuff. I don't know, HR stuff. Yeah, typical HR stuff. Uh, you guys going to be watching any of The Bachelor tonight? Well, yeah, I imagine we're going to be watching all of The Bachelor tonight. We watched it last week and must say that I am glad that we're done talking about Luke. Oh my gosh, I know. I have been I don't know how he hasn't been kicked off the show in the first episode. That guy is Dude, the biggest douche. Crazy. Hannah is the single stupidest person in this in the world for not yeah. just removing him instantly. Yeah, I feel like she was just keeping him around for spite too. Apart from the producers probably telling her, No, you gotta keep him around. He's Yeah, other than the entire show being scripted. <laughs> that that's probably why, because she was probably just doing it out of spite like the the other guys were obviously telling get rid of him she's probably yeah i mean seriously i'll get rid of him when i say so yeah i have to make the decision not not the entire group here saying that he's a terrible person i have to come to that conclusion even if it hurts me i have to come to that conclusion like whatever can we stop talking Um, about the bachelor yeah we can stop (laughs) no that's what everybody tuned in for is this is this is copy that bachelor podcast now Mm. and uh anyway moving on um what are you drinking tonight javi um. Do you really want to know? Racer number five. Are you really? Did you get that? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yes, I found it. Yeah, yes. there was a guy that was actually stocking it at the store right when I walked in, and I'm trying it out. Um, it's. I don't taste the sweet honey that you said last I, time, but I can. Definitely I know. Taste a. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I'll tell you maybe know. at the end of the podcast. I don't know what I did to make that beer taste like honey, but when I drank it the day after that, after we tried it on the podcast, I did not think it tasted anything like honey at all. So I have, I was way off. I don't know what happened there with me, but um, glad you have it. That's awesome. That's a perfect racing beer, right? Yeah, it's fitting. Super fitting. So I'm a little fancier tonight. I went out and bought some rosé. Um, I have a um, 2018 bottle of a uh, Reserve de Chastelet uh, from France. Um, it is it is a 
it's a it's a winery that specializes. Uh, it's in the Rome Valley, which specializes in rosé wines only. Um, it has a it has more body, more structure than most rosés. So you know, it's it's physically fit, you could say. And it's in a it's a really pink, uh, really salmony pink actually. But um, it tastes pretty good. I'm enjoying it so far, at least. Yeah, I don't like to drink rosés unless I know they work out. I know, right? Yeah, I only I don't want some lazy like fat rosé. I want a I want a fine bodied rosé. I like my rosés like I like my women, physically fit. Before we get in trouble. Okay, let's move on. All right, well, you want to lead us into the race then, Javi? Uh, yeah, sure. Or not the race, I guess the the preface of the previous race. Yeah. So uh, the. British Grand Prix, which uh, right before we started recording, uh, because something significant I've heard happens during this race, I reminded, uh, or Ben reminded me that um, everybody got to finish in the British Grand Prix last week, um, where Lewis won and Charlie uh, and Max had another little, uh, what do you call it, debacle? little little... Uh, uh, no, Another not karting, the buckle. go-karting like instant no, situation. No. We got to come up with a good word for this. A, uh, yeah, they've we'll had a um, a tussle. A tussle. I like it. Yeah. That's it. That's the word. A That's karting tussle. They had a tussle. Yeah. And, and they're not where, the only ones that had a tussle. Yeah, where once again uh, our uh, good American Haas drivers collided. Um, Ugh. Yeah. They can't. They really they need to work themselves up. out. They're not representing us very well over there. I'm embarrassed. As if yeah. it's already. As if it's already not embarrassing enough sometimes to be an American. They they are embarrassing us. That's for sure. That's for sure. When Trump um, said "Make America Great Again," he definitely should have started with Haas F1 team because they literally. are. Uh, <laughs> they are making us look very bad. You know what? When we release this episode, I'm going to tweet Donald. I'm going to be like, sir, can you please talk to Gunther Start. and have these two drivers removed? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Don't he's wasting that. his time trying to get Aesop Rocky out of jail. He really needs to be putting all of his effort into removing the Haas drivers. <laughs> yeah, out of those seats. Who do you think we should put in there? Be some IndyCar drivers? IndyCar drivers. Uh, Rossi would be great. Mag- Magnuson action going in there? Magnuson? You mean Erickson? Oh yeah, definitely not Magnuson. No, we want to get say, Magnuson, Magnuson out. Magnuson is already out. in. Magnuson needs to go out. Sorry, Eric. Unless you mean like the his one dad, Jan Magnuson. No, the one who hit Grosjean last week. Erickson. Yeah, bring Erickson back. Throw Rossi in there. We're happy, right? That's all. What's we need. the name of that? President Trump, eight- please make it happen. No, what's the name of the eighteen-year-old uh, uh, kid that won the? Uh, oh, uh, oh, um, uh, Colton Herta. Colton yeah. Herta. We should yes. get that dude and Erickson in. Bam. I'm I'm all for that. I'm 100% for that. That'd be great. Really, any it, Colton Hurt would just be awesome to see an F1. He's so young. I mean, there's no way he couldn't get there. I mean, yeah. if he's already driving an Indy car, like, that's already a high enough level. You know he can make it into F1 for sure. Everyone knows the younger you are, the better F1 driver you are. Yeah, just like a Max. Yep. And all right. in uh, his early days. Yes, definitely. Yeah, four world championships in a row. I mean, like, 
He's only getting better, or only getting worse with age. <laughs> only getting. <laughs> he is like a uh, a standard beer. It only gets worse after it gets older. After it's been open. <laughs> yep. He's not the fine wine, like Max apparently is. Actually, I guess is what we're saying. And Kimmy. Um. And Kimmy. Oh yes, Kimmy is the finest wine. Kimmy is um. What's the wine that they shoot off at the end of the uh, during podiums? Louis, Carbon. Car- yeah, Carbon. That's what that's what uh, that's what kind of wine or champagne that uh, Kimmy Reckon is. So the point standings going coming into uh, into this race, um, Lewis Hamilton is in the lead with two hundred twenty three points, followed by Valtteri Bottas with one hundred eighty four points, and in an impressive third place, beating both Ferraris is Max Verstappen with one thirty six. And the race we are coming into, uh, just in case you don't remember, haven't seen yet, is Hockenheim, Germany. Um, this is located in the Rhine Valley near the town of Hockenheim in Germany. And uh, makes for a pretty good race. It was a pretty fun race last year, and it was the single best race we have had this year, which was fantastic. And then let's go ahead and break into it, Javi. We want to go ahead and dive into the blunders. Into the blunders, all right. Um, so first I must say that I definitely missed out on watching qualifying. Um, when I got home uh, Saturday night, qualifying was already over, of course, because we're on the other side of the world. Uh, Who's in charge of these times? I they need know. to really fix it to fit our schedules. Yeah. Um, but I got home... Uh, Pulled up YouTube on my TV and started watching qualifying uh, F1 YouTube channel and watched the qualifying highlights. And I did not like what I saw for the first 10 seconds, which was Seb climbing out of his car before Q1 started. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I have. Yeah, I have no idea. I. I think I've seen multiple reports of what the actual issue was, but I don't, I can't confirm for sure what it was, but man, for any Ferrari fan, any Sebastian fan, that is the last thing that you want to see, especially this season. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't say anything about um, Ferrari's issues because at least from what I have learned from listening to other podcasts, uh, the first day's reporting is always very inaccurate. The second day's is inaccurate. And then the third is slightly more accurate. And then like a week later, Ferrari finally announces what was actually wrong with the vehicle. So let's just Typical wait. Ferrari. Let's just wait until later in the week and we'll find out what was wrong with that car. And then also the other car. Yeah, nothing got better for Charles Leclerc. Well, it was kind of better. I mean, it's better than Sebastian's, but not for Ferrari. Yeah, not for Ferrari. Both yeah. drivers, Sebastian ends up P20, Charles ends up P10 to start the race. Yep. Ugh, bad look. And then uh what do you What do you have listed down here for Max's start? I don't know. Oh, you mean at the beginning of the race? Sorry. Yeah, the actual start of the race. <laughs> yeah, the actual start. I thought you meant like he was on pole. Uh, I thought we were still doing qualifying here. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. So, yeah, I didn't really see any much exciting happening in qualifying, so all I had was just 
the reliability issues that Ferrari had. Yeah, the Ferraris not being able to race for or put a post up a fast time. Yeah, post the time. Interesting thing that happened there. Um, For sure. And then at the beginning, uh, you said Alex texted you right and said, "Oh my God, Max wins, (laughs) right? (laughs) Max wins." And then uh, I woke up. I don't know how, but I keep forgetting to set my alarm for all of these European races. Uh, that started at 6 a.m., but I almost instinctively wake up 25 minutes before the race starts or five minutes into pre-race, and I turn it on. Uh, So I watched all the pre-race. I saw Martin Brundle had a field day. He was able to... uh, Did he get to to interrupt a lot of people? No. He Actually, sorry, yes. And he didn't get interrupted by... (laughs) Sorry. He didn't get any interrupted by anybody because it was raining. The whole track was completely empty because it was raining and nobody wanted to go stand out there except for you know, essential. The, the people who had to be there. Yeah. That was real fun. But anyways. So that, yeah, that would have been a good that, look Max, for Brundle. The race finally started. Uh, they took two formation laps because of the rain. And Max got off to a horrible start because he decided to disengage his ESP and uh, traction control and just sat there and spun his tires. Uh, and after Alex texted you and said, Max wins this. That Max was going to win. He said, oh, that was, never mind, right? Yeah, that was hilarious. So for the background story... um. Javi and I are watching this race, and our other friend uh, Alex sends me <laughs> sends me a text message just j- literally just before the start and says Max wins just as a quick prediction, and then all of a sudden Max's tires spin and he goes nowhere off the line and gets passed by basically everybody. Yeah, I think Which the first four drivers I me saw up. them just pass him immediately, and then he broke really late, which was really gutsy, really gutsy, really gutsy, really gutsy. Uh, um. Also, but uh, ultimately, he turned it out to be correct, Alex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alex's prediction was 100% right. It just seemed at the beginning of the race like he totally fucked Max over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he did. So, oh. so that happens. And then, uh, the like I was saying earlier, at the British Grand Prix, everybody got the finish, but at uh, the German GP, just... Two weeks later, only 13 people got the, or 14, 14, right? Yeah, I think 14 finished, yeah. So quite the opposite of 13. last week. Sorry, George Russell finished 13. He was the last one. Uh, so seven, wait, how many How many retirements? Seven retirements then, right? Or six? Yeah, here, let me listen. It was Pierre, Valtteri, Nico, Charles, Lando, Danny, and Sergio. Yep, that's the seven. first of which was Sergio, or oh. Checo. Poor Checo. Yeah, I know. I bet you he would have been uh, on the uh, podium if if he wouldn't have crashed. First, oh time. yeah, for well, sure. There would have been a lot of people on the podium if they if they didn't crash. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. But yeah, uh, pr- definitely disappointing for Checo. I mean, just in general, being typically finishing higher ahead than Lance Stroll, his teammate. Um, you would think Checo would have finished finished way higher than Lance did who finished fourth yeah yep 
but yeah, so that was uh, that brought us our first retirement of the race. Um, and so first of many, first of many. So we had a whole we had a whole lot of blunders this race. Um, and that was going to be so. Ferrari's reliability is one. Max's start is a second blunder. Checo spinning out is our third blunder. And then that brings us to our fourth blunder. Um, Ferrari comes in, uh, Charles Leclerc comes in for a pit stop, and Ferrari uh, has an unsafe release. Um, they let Charles out. And I remember when we both saw this live, we were looking and we were confused. Well, not confused, but we, we both noticed at the same time that there was a huge backup in pit lane and um, yes. tons of cars behind each other. And then at the time, I don't think we, we realized that it was an unsafe why. release. Yeah. yeah. But we just kind of were like, wow, Grosjean's holding everybody up, <laughs> which, which is super believable which is not in surprising. itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. But yeah, turns out that Ferrari actually released Charles unsafely in front of Grosjean. And seeing it from, from Grosjean's uh, onboard camera, it really is unsafe. I mean, he is. I would have shit it's, my pants, dude. Yeah. It's impressive that he stopped. I mean, you know, it, it is. everyone knows Grosjean is mentally you know he just kind of fails defeated. sometimes mentally yeah. yeah mentally defeated but you can see that you also can got to give it to him the times where you can see that he is a highly skilled f1 driver he and is. this is one of those times by stopping and not crashing into charles although in the rain yeah in the rain it would have been fun if he crashed into charles but uh wouldn't have been and fun typical. for him and typical and then uh, that brings us to our next blunder, which is also our next retirement. And super sad because Carlos Sainz of McLaren slides off the track at the at the turn 16. Now, turn 16 is its own beast, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But he slides, he, he goes off, runs wide, gets into this, this turn 16 runoff area, which is actually used for a drag strip, like for, you know, drag racing cars straight line cars once they don't have to turn you know they don't do any of that steering whatnot that's that's for that's for people without eight thousand horsepower and uh so he gets onto that and it's so slick they have all this oil on there it's not the same kind of porous grippy tarmac that the f1 drivers need and he slides off into the into the uh into the gravel and uh, has to retire from the race unfortunately don't know why he couldn't get it going again i don't remember but unfortunately he retired from the race there and then uh was oh, he the one that sunk in real deep remember i think he tried to rock his car out and just dug it in even further buried his left rear buried his left rear something because he can, i know he was able to keep the so i put Wasn't this little I think so. We'll get to this in the bullseyes, but I think he was able to keep the car on, but then ended up still having to retire. Or maybe he didn't retire, I guess. I don't know. But he definitely went off there and lost all his positions. So much happened in this race, really. It's kind of hard for us to keep track of, of every single important thing that went on here. Yeah, really is. But, uh, but next, even the... Even the guy who ends up winning the race, Max Verstappen, he gets put on medium tires by his teammates when he comes into the pit, and he goes around that corner and just straight up does a 360. And Max was pissed. As soon as he spun, he started questioning the team, why they put him on these tires, what he was doing out here, when he can switch off. He was not a happy camper. I think he was the third person on slicks. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Leclerc who was the second person, and... After a lap, I could tell that it might have been like a lap or two too early for all of the slicks. But the moment, I mean, before 
uh, Max Verstappen fully left the pits after he was already losing control of that vehicle. It, um, I don't know if you remember him coming out of the pits, but he had to correct correct oversteer like four times within a span of two seconds. Yeah. Oversteer to the left, oversteer to the right, left, right. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I mean, remember that. That was everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. This yeah. whole race, everyone was, just, it was just one big over under steer that everyone had to correct the entire race. One big drift competition. Yeah, one big. Oh, I don't. And this is, this is probably a bullseye, but I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it here. The amount of drifting was hilarious this race. It was. It was very hilarious and entertaining. It was super entertaining. You know what? It, w- it would have been way more fitting if it would have rained in Austria because um, Javi and I both noticed this, and I'm sure other people noticed this too, but on the Austrian track, you can clearly see the lines where Formula D, Formula Drift, races oh, there, yeah. and there were so many just random squiggly drifting lines, Down and straight. that would have been, yeah, on Down a straightaway. <laughs> And it would have been so much more fitting if if uh, Formula D raced at Hockenheim and the drivers could have followed those lines because that would have been funny. Just from a comedy point of view. What's your next one? I think our next one is Charles, unfortunately. Yeah, old Charlie. So old Charlie. Throughout the, throughout the whole race, I can safely say that I experienced just about every single emotion under the sun. Um, and the first time that I experienced anger, uh, disappointment and frustration was when uh, good old Charlie or Chucky ran off the course and uh, finished his race by putting it into the wall. Well, I mean, essentially... He was just copying his teammates, uh, his teammates' performance from last year. Because isn't that the same place? Or maybe it was a, a turn yeah. earlier, but, it was, but yeah, it was uh, a couple of turns earlier. Exact same way, and really, even the mannerisms, exact same way that Sebastian crashed out of the race last year. Because Charles goes off and then is pissed and smacks his wheel a bunch of times. I mean, it was a carbon copy essentially. Yeah. It certainly was. Not a not a fan of the way that they uh, so many drivers that I was cheering for at different points of the race got to finish up their or wrap up their races. So the next blunder would be blunder number eight, um, which would be Lewis losing it also in the rain. Same set of turns, fifteen and sixteen. Uh, those last two turns that I also can't handle, even in dry when I'm racing uh lewis crashed went off and lost that front wing um had to pit uh and it was immediately before the pit entry right uh yeah and so when he finally got into the pits um i know that i did not get to see him drive into the pits because i was texting ben right at that time or maybe one of our other friends. But I can tell that I picked up on this pit stop and noticed it because it was taking taking an exceptionally long time. And 10 seconds into this pit stop, I started paying attention. Um, 10 seconds which, later, noticed which, that it still wasn't over. 
Yeah, which which already ten seconds into a pit stop is massively too long to be into a pit stop. Especially when the world records are being set at <laughs> under two seconds. Yeah. Um another ten seconds pass by and I'm like, Ben, oh my god, this is so grueling and so aggravate or so uh um painful to watch just to see the uh, it hurt. mechanics engineer mechanics and they were just and engineers they, panic and freak out scrambling yeah they're just scrambling they around no idea what was going on i think they were expecting um botas to come in and so they had the tires all messed up anyway yeah it was just a grueling grueling pit stop to watch if uh anybody wants to look it up i definitely recommend that you first look up the world record pit stop uh set by red bull um and then just so that you understand how, how grueling and painful terrible. this pit stop watch uh this pit stop was then you look up this pit stop on youtube and there's plenty of videos that i have seen on reddit already with like different music set as the background like i I've have you seen, seen the flute with, yeah i've seen the flute uh i've seen the office uh one um like the tv show office where they were all just frantically panicking and um yeah just look up any one of those videos it is grueling and painful to watch and uh th- this episode now that we're on our more advanced uh our advanced new new layout that we have our new uh a new direction that we're heading for this podcast. I now have a, an entire section dedicated of links to, for me to put in the podcast notes. So hopefully I will remember and we can you can just simply go to our podcast notes and click on these simple links and you can find these videos that we're referring to. Yeah, if you want I can remind you as long as you remind me. Yeah, we just got to remind each other to remind each other and you know what can go wrong with that, right? Yeah. Yeah, nothing. All right, so um, next blunder. What's the next one? Next blunder, um, I'm given to Pierre Gasly. I don't – so this is a hard one. I don't know if this is necessarily Pierre's fault or if it's necessarily Alexander Albon's fault, but here's the deal. Gasly's coming up behind Albon at a quick rate. I think he had DRS available at the time. Um, either way, he's going way quicker than Albon. And now Gasly – kind of goes one direction and then tries to go around the other and Albon just chooses one direction to defend and I haven't seen a definitive camera angle of this which is why it's hard to assign blame to either of them other than just calling it a race incident or a blunder for both of them both their faults Um, and Gasly goes right ultimately goes right of Albon and makes some kind of contact I don't even I don't even know like I said it's hard to find a definitive view of this because it was so quick, but uh, makes contact with Gasly's front front left tire and Alexander Albon's right rear tire, and that just sends Gasly flying past him, slamming on the brakes, uh, way deep past the turn, and it, it takes him out of the race. He's done. He has to retire from the from the German GP. Um, not sure if this is really avoidable by Gasly or if Albon should have got out of the way, but I mean. Quite frankly, I mean, I don't, I don't see the reason why Gasly should have ran into Albon like that. He should have been way more, uh, way more cautionary in the rain, because it's slip, it's slippery. Everyone's crashing already. He just needs to finish the race. I mean, he's already having a rough enough season as it is at Red Bull. 
um, not even being able to match Max's pace, um, and then getting beat by all these Toro Rosos, the lesser team. So like Albon, yeah, like Albon, and uh, so pretty, pretty bad luck for for Pierre Gasly. I don't, I mean, personally, I don't think they should remove Gasly from the Red Bull seat. I mean, they just threw him in there after one season in F1. So I mean, kind of hard to judge someone just based on that alone. And I don't think. No one really has a lot of uh, successful track records of having their second season in F1 and being extremely fast and successful. I mean, you have championship drivers like Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel. They did good their second seasons, but plenty of other drivers had way more time to actually grow in their seats and uh, start fitting that mesh. Both literally and figuratively. Yeah, I mean, look at Jensen Button. How long was he in the sport until he finally was good in 2009 and won a world championship with Braun? Yeah, that that might have been, though, because of the vehicles. that. And it was, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was in an extremely dominant vehicle at the time, so a lot of people are saying that, you know, oh, we need to remove Gasly and put someone else in. Like, honestly, like, shut the fuck up. Like, you need to give the drivers a chance in the car to actually get used to it. You know, it's, it's a highly advanced piece of technology. You're not, it's not, it's not an iPhone that you can get used to in like two hours. If you're switching over from Android. I need more time. Yeah, for sure. Then, uh, did you see, um, I mean, from switching from, uh, Apple to Android, if I were to switch over, I would definitely need more time. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's, that's something simple enough as a cell phone, like let alone switching entire Formula One teams into a new car. And, and not even that, switching from a non-dominant car into a dominant car. Um, it's got to be that's got to be a huge learning curve that I don't think people are uh, showing enough appreciation for, especially just casual fans. I mean, you guys kind of sound like idiots saying like, oh, well, he should just be just as fast as Max Verstappen, who has had, what, six years now of experience in this Red Bull car? Five years? It's, it's a massive experience gap that Pierre ha- would have to overcome just to be on equal playing terms as, as, uh, as Max. So I think it's pretty ignorant just to say that he should be just as fast as Max. Now, I don't think he should be finishing as low as he is. He definitely should be at least one place down from max, but he, he definitely does not have to be beating max, which I feel like a lot of F1 fans are kind of assuming for some reason. Yeah. I got nothing else to, to add there. I, I don't think they should have put him there, uh, from the get go. Um, but I also don't think that they had any other option because yeah, Red Bull, right. uh, Red Bull is just so meat, ferocious. meat grindy. Yeah, with their drivers, like they definitely would have had a much better option had they not just forcefully, uh, had they not been so meat grindy with Kafia. Uh, yeah, his yeah. second or third year, his second year there and third year. With second, they did the Red exact Bull. same thing with him. They booted him up to to the Red Bull team, and it was too much pressure for him, and they fired him. Well, demoted him, demoted him down to Toro Rosso, and then got him, got and then him fired him. him. Yeah. Um, yeah. For uh, some reason, F one teams do not they consider. Pick. They don't consider the psychological side of this, um, which is 
ignorant. Like that's so stupid. Like that is probably uh, like besides driver skill, you know, these guys are all extremely skilled. That's how they get anywhere near F1. They need to focus on the psychological side of keeping these guys in the, in the race winning mindset, or at least the well-performing mindset. And I don't think that any teams do a good job of that. Well, okay. I shouldn't say that Williams is doing a great job of that because they, they managed to keep re-signing drivers every single year even though they're finishing last. Yeah. So, you know, they, they manage the psychological side. Fantastic. Yeah. They do that in a weird way though. They do that by just putting them in horribly shitty cars and just seeing how long they last and seeing whether or not they quit. I wouldn't recommend, uh, Williams training program is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, listen here. If you're a if you're a uh, current Formula 2, Formula 3 driver, or really anyone just hoping to break into Formula 1, the Williams model is not the way to go. Trust us. It is not the way to go. Did you see So this is moving on to post race here. I think we're out of uh blunders for in race. Um did you see post race Alfa Romeo was given a 30 second time penalty each because they were found to be having a sort of launch control programmed into their wet race uh, car mapping. No, that's hilarious. It's so hilarious. And it's just um, they they use something with the torque vectoring, I guess, to where they could, you know, get have the clutch pressed in and just fully accelerate on the gas and then the uh, computer the onboard computers would take care of the rest but uh post-race both drivers are given a 30 second time penalty because of that and if i wish it would have gone uncaught and then been found a few races later so they couldn't penalize them because i would love to put that in the bullseye i love any kind of engineering attempt at cheating or getting any advantage. I think that's, I mean, that's like the best part about F1, right? Like if it's not spec, your engineers have to be the ones to give you each individual little teeny tiny advantage. And that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would say that it's okay if they are stretching the rules, but if they're breaking the rules and I wouldn't be on board with it. That's true. I guess we would probably need to do some more research into exactly how much, um, exactly how much rule breaking it was. If it's something real small, like kind of, you know, kind of just a loophole, but the FIA cracked down on it still, that's lame. But if, you know, I mean, if it was just blatant rule breaking, then yeah, you know, penalize that all day. How lame are you to just blatantly break a rule? At least be sneaky about it. Yeah. it's not the sneakiness with me. As long as they are stretching rules or as long as they are <laughs> remaining within the rules, then I would say that it's not only okay, but encouraged to do so. To Did you see, um, have you heard, have you heard any of the, uh, the talk about the, the 2021 regulations? Mm, not for two weeks or so when they said that they would meet in another month. So, um, Oh, what was I reading? I can't remember where I read this at, but uh, the FIA have have put together a group of people to to try and uh, find loopholes in their proposed regulations so that teams aren't able to find these loopholes. But uh, I think it's a pretty futile effort because I believe the the team was made up of 10, 10 people trying to find these loopholes. 
when there are 10 different F1 teams with over like 100 employees who are going to be trying to find these loopholes. And if I had to put my bet on a team of 10 finding a better loophole or a team of 100 finding a better loophole, I would definitely put it on the team of 100. Yeah, me too. Um, maybe they're just trying to take care of the obvious stuff. I don't know. I would have that could to be. be a part of a, a loophole finding team. Yeah, yeah F1, F1 listen. Listen to us, F1, right now. We are the two most forefront people you need on your loophole team. On your loophole finding team? Yeah. We we, we are we are engineers. But team. we are exactly. But we are the most findery of loopholes. Uh, uh let me take that back. There are three people who are the most finders of loopholes and that is only with a combination of the three people and that is myself, Javier, my co-host, and then the third unheard of body, who you might have heard of actually because of different crashing scenarios, but but Cody Gosworth and Javi knew exactly where I was going with that. That is the man you need in your loophole team. Really, more than us is you need Cody Gosworth. Just want Cody Gosworth. Yeah, not even engineer, nothing like that. He's just the kind of guy who, you know, you give a set of rules to, he'll look at it and go, huh, I know how to get around that. Easy. He won't even have to think about it. Yeah. He'll have ten ways around it before you can come with one way to block it. And then, uh, so our next blunder of the race, this was annoying, honestly. And I don't know. I've I've usually been pretty complimentative of Sky Sports um, for their just reviews in general. But I was so sick of Andrew Benson and um, Crofty and... Uh, freaking this dumb shit Julian Palmer saying Sebastian's drive from 20th to second was not impressive huh I mean I how hear that at all one Julian Palmer has to be the most butthurt little baby race driver former race driver ever that couldn't cut it in F1 he definitely and two, does seem like he talks and you know walks with a chip on his shoulder seriously um, He's like a he's like a non-world champion uh Nico Rosberg, you know? Mhm. Mhm. That's that's who he reminds me of. Um I just I really don't like that Nico Rosberg is a commentator per se. Uh I have him on my blunders next. Oh, my bad. Then I'll just uh, <laughs> Yep. Anyways, we'll yeah. He's, yeah, we'll he's dive into that in a second. Her. Yeah, he's, he's so butthurt. And the, all the Sky Sport, like, seriously, how are you get, They're like, oh, well, he's in the second fastest car. Of course he could drive his way. Uh, like, that doesn't matter. They're in the mid, like, in a dry race. Sure, I'll give you that. They're in a wet race where fucking Lance Stroll was in first place <laughs> of the race. There is no, you cannot write this off. The, the rain equals out if, everybody. If it wasn't an impressive drive, then seven people wouldn't have crashed, including the world champion, Lewis Hamilton. The, Literally. The objectively best driver on the track right now. Yeah. And even not you could even call him uh, the second best driver because Valtteri Bottas crashed out of the race. And he's in yeah. second in the point standings. And he couldn't even finish. The third and, best driver, well, fourth best driver, yes. Charles Leclerc, 
even crashed out of the third. race. No, and the third. He spun out. He did a 360 coming Oh, out yeah, he did. Yeah. He immediately even lost he, it. He just Seb- didn't happen to ran into the wall. Yeah, and Sebastian had no mistakes. He drove a perfect race, the perfect the, redemption from last year. Yeah, the guy who's famous for famously crashing at this course last year did not crash. And not only that, because you know you shouldn't be given props for not crashing, but um, you should be given props for not crashing when the best drivers of the world are crashing. Exactly. So that was a pathetic race analysis by the entire Sky Sports F1 team. Um, not they, a big fan know, of that anymore at all. Sky. They are Sky, so um, I hear plenty of people. I, I don't hear it quite as much, but with this coverage, I could definitely hear that Sky Sports is, Sports is uh, maybe a little biased. I have defended the them. Team. Yeah, yes, I know. I have I've things. defended them from that before, but this time I have no defense of them. This is a pathetic coverage by all of you. You are all failing at your jobs miserably by by saying that Sebastian did not have a good drive that race. Yeah. It was a it was a pretty entertaining and pretty great drive, I think. It was. It was a fantastic drive. It was low key. He made his way to the front and he held it. No yeah, mistakes. That is his uh, specialty, though, just staying under the radar and sneaking his way to wherever he finishes. Exactly. And it fits his personality, too. I mean, Sebastian's not a high-key person. You know, he's not going to be – he doesn't even have social media, I don't think, any at all. No, trust me. I've tried to find it. His his and Drake's Snapchats, I have tried to scour and look for, but I cannot find. Drake doesn't have Snapchat? No. Well, no. secretly he has. I'm sure he has it, but yeah, oh, doesn't yeah, have a public yeah. one. For sure. For sure. But yeah, so screw you, Sky Sports. You guys really you guys really grinded my gears this week. And honestly, I'm going to start to look at you tell. different because this is a pathetic effort that you guys put forth. And then moving on to uh, something Javi just brought up a, a few minutes ago. <laughs> Nico Rosberg has got to be the worst commentator, race reviewer, interviewer in the entire paddock. Yeah. I just, I personally feel that he doesn't ever really have anything interesting to say. He just he doesn't. repeats what everyone else repeats. And he sort of just relies on his smile, which is a right of a style for some people, I guess. It's fair, but. but... Not, for, not for him and. I really don't want to hear it. Man, even even relying on it, I feel like I if I could just write for him like things to say, he could get by with the smile because he just his issue is he says the same things every single race. Oh, this is crazy or this is cool or it's so awesome. It's he he needs to just break it down more than that. Like don't bother saying it's awesome. Be like this race was freaking crazy. Can you believe what just happened the entire time? Like that would be you know, it takes 10 more seconds to say, but it's not, wow, what a crazy race. Cause that's how he reviews all the races. Even watching, uh, his blog thing that I took the time to watch and wasted my time watching. He was in a bar and all he did, he had nothing interesting to say. Charles crashed out and he's like, wow, that's crazy. Carlos signs spun. Wow. What a crazy race for Carlos. Lewis crashed. Oh man. I can't believe Lewis crashed. Like bro. Come on, you have to have something more interesting to say in that you were an F1 driver. 
You know who I think has a more interesting take on commentating? Um, a dead cow? Yeah, a dead cow and Jason Bateman uh, from ESPN, the Yocho from uh, Dodgeball. He's he's the one who says, right, you are. No, he's not the one that says, right, you are. He's the guy commentating that stands on the right. Do you remember ESPN, the Yocho from Dodgeball? Yes. Yeah, so the guy on the right who has, like, a sloppy posture and says funny things, that guy. I think it's played by Jason Bateman, if I'm not mistaken. But he would definitely be a better commentator than Nico Rosberg. I'm putting that in the show notes so we can link you a picture of uh, the guy from ESPN The Ocho from the movie Dodgeball. Because, yeah, I 100% agree. He would be a better commentator than Nico Rosberg. Um no, well, he would be no. better for a different reason. He'd be better because he's like uh, entertaining in a different <laughs> Enter- way. <laughs> oh, not even in a different way, just entertaining in general. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. offense to Nico, but so far what I've seen, he's kind of dry, which, you know, that's probably his personality. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Nico. Yeah, no, like, no offense. Like, I'm sure I would enjoy being your friend in real life. Like, don't worry. I'm sure you're awesome and fun, but just. But you suck. But you suck at commentating, and uh, hit us up. Send us an email at copy that podcast, and we will give you the appropriate. Talking shit about him at this. I just want to help him. Like I, he could be so much. But it's not like it's just simple things. Like he just needs to talk more instead of using like saying it's awesome. He just needs to describe it, and then don't like describe it in detail, and then don't use a one word description. And that's basically it. Because I mean, even on here. If, if we just had outlined all of our blunders, battles, and bullseyes and then given one-word descriptions, we could probably be done by now. But we, instead, we elaborate on it and talk just even just a little bit more from our smaller, you know, I, I'll give it to Nico. He's raced in F1. He's raced all his way up until F1. I'm sure he knows way more about it than we do, but he cannot describe it on our level. Hmm. Which yeah. isn't a high level. I'm not disagree. saying. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that at all. And For sure. It's not a high level. It's pretty low bar, and yeah, Nico's not. Yeah, Nico not just can't it. can't even meet our bar, which is a low He's bar. He's as good of a commentator <laughs> as we are F1 drivers. For sure. Exactly. And so yeah, so <laughs> that's that's our last blunder of the race. Now, um, moving on to battles. Just. The whole race is a battle, so I'll let you get into it. <laughs> yeah, the whole race is a battle. Um, we don't have a lot of battles to list off, but number one would definitely be the drivers versus the rain or the <laughs> racing conditions because um, because of the rain, uh, people there were many gaps. There were great gaps in between drivers, and because of that, they couldn't compete with each other as aggressively as they normally would uh all because of that damn pesky rain that would just you know send them off of uh off the course at turn 15 and turn 16 throughout the entire race every lap someone was going off i'm absolutely positive uh that all 20 drivers um well excluding sergio because he went off so quickly um but the rest of the 19 drivers went off the course at turn 15 and 16 because that that part of the track is just really difficult to nail, I guess, during, in the rain. I haven't driven it in the rain, but 
I've driven it in dry, Ooh. and I definitely always screw up there, give it too much gas too early, and all of them went off course and into the lake. That was... That was the drag the strip? Yeah. <laughs> that might be what we're doing after the podcast, is uh, doing a wet race in Hockenheim. I'm down. Although, full disclosure, we both only have F1 2018. We don't have F1 27 or 2019. And well, we can um, drive it in different cars. We can. Drive um, it in GT cars and road cars or in Formula One cars. For sure. Um, oh, no. I messed myself up. I don't know where we're at. No, Continue. Number two, sh- number two would be your oh. turn. Oh, cool. Well, would you look at that. So, our next battle, um, which... As Javi said, mm. oh man, I burp on every single podcast. <laughs> well, it's probably because you chug down your beer in your. <laughs> I only, I didn't even chug just, a beer today. I just had my rosé. Just rose. put a marker down. Just put a marker down. I'm not gonna edit it out. <laughs> no. It's too much work. Um, our next battle and one of the only battles really that we saw on track besides the drivers versus the rain was a. Uh, Lance Stroll and Kevin Magnuson, which I am all for anyone battling Kevin Magnuson at any time because I hate Kevin Magnuson even more than I don't like Max Verstappen. I hate K-Mag. He's a douche. He ruins races because he's a douche um, and he can't get over himself because he's a douche. And so what happened here was uh, Stroll comes up along him, gets alongside him uh, on the inside, that is, and uh, he runs K-Mag wide. He takes the he takes a turn late and is like, you know what, Kevin? Screw you. You're off. Runs him wide. And I was elated. Couldn't believe it. Didn't think Stroll had it in him, let alone didn't think uh, Kevin would back out. But Kevin got punked by a Canadian rich kid. As far as I'm concerned, that's what happened. It's kind of hard to defend yourself against rich kids. They're rich kids. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> What's he going to... I mean, <laughs> K-Mag's probably a rich kid himself, so he's like, damn... This guy's got a billionaire dad. I only have a millionaire dad. Shit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Stroll got up next to him and just <laughs> just threw threw dollar bills out the window. <laughs> He's like, "Get away, get away, you poor person." Gross. Gross. And then, uh, as we previously talked about a little bit in the blunders, uh, there was the battle between Albon and Gasly. Um, as of right now, I don't think Javi and I don't have a definitive whose fault was it because it was rainy and yeah I the whole give ra- anyone one of them yeah it just it's just kind of hard definitely which is rare we we will typically assign fault so don't worry this isn't going to be well, that's the first thing we do yeah that's a, that's the first thing we do like even before you've heard us talk we have talked extensively about whose fault an incident was except I don't this see one anything else that matters yeah other than whose fault it is yeah and so, but this one was definitely a racing incident, the rain, the brakes, and uh, who the heck knows. But Gasly goes out trying to battle Albon, which is unfortunate for Gasly, fortunate for Albon, whatever. Makes him look better, much better. Yeah, makes him look good. And so what's our next battle? Next one would be, I said earlier, to the extension of uh, battle number one, turn 16 versus every single person. Um, Everybody. Like I said, I'm sure that all 19 drivers, I'm, not, I'm excluding Checo because he went off so quickly. Uh, Checo did driver, not get to this turn yet <laughs> before he went off. Yeah, I don't even remember where he went off. I just know he went off super early. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, turn 16 and 15, the combo of those two turns against everybody. Uh, oh, what I was saying is that 
every single driver got to go off the course there. Uh, but uh, we didn't get to see it all on the broadcast. But I am 100% sure that all of the drivers got to go off at turn 15 and 16 and into that lake. And now we will move on to our bullseyes of the race. So starting out, Kimi Raikkonen. Incredible start. He he jumps, uh, taking advantage of Max Verstappen getting a terrible start. Kimi makes an incredible start moving all the way up into, uh, what, what was he, in fourth place, third place to start the race? Let me check real quick. I got that thing. Either way, it was just... It was miraculous. It's it's the second race in a row where Kimmy Kimmy has great starts. Um I think he's having fun in Alpha Romeo. I don't think he's worried about all the uh all the public pub, publicity third, stuff that he has to worry about place. in Ferrari. Yeah, it gets up into third place just on a start, which is magnificent. Oh. Yeah, he uh he quickly passed um what's his name? Uh Versapen. Mm-hmm. He was one of them. Definitely. Yeah, gets past Max because Max had a shit start and gets past uh, pretty much anyone else on his way. Gets up to third place and he is good to go. Um, our next bullseye is is some more Formula D. Uh, Charles Leclerc, you know, pick any turn you want and he was drifting around it. Uh, really, all the drivers were drifting around all the turns, but it was pretty fun to watch them lose control of the car and just have to keep a keep their foot in the gas to try and not bend it even more. Uh, I got nothing to add. Sorry. I was reading. You're good. I was reading um, some stuff on the 2019. My next bullseye. Uh, the for, So my next bullseye is for the FIA. Now, this is something that we talked about a few races ago. Um, what race? Monaco. When we talked about this in Monaco, when Red Bull released Max Verstappen into mm, the yeah. right into yeah. the into the front of Valtteri Bottas. Now, if in this race in Monaco, they gave Max a what, a 5 second penalty, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they gave Max a 5 second penalty. Now, they have since learned from this and understood that this is not the proper way to go about penalizing a driver for something that was completely not the driver's fault. And instead, this time when Red Bull um or no, when a uh, Ferrari unsafely released released Charles, they instead of penalizing the driver with any kind of time penalty under the race, they instead fined the team five thousand euros or something, whatever, whatever, maybe whatever currency that that the team typically deals in. But they fined the team instead of actually penalizing 5, the driver. Lira, Lira, God I'm damn, joking. Liras. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> I only want to be paid in lira. Forget stride gum. I want lira. Yeah. No, I'm joking. But uh, so yeah, they uh, they gave the team a fight instead of penalizing the driver, which is I I think the right way to go about it. Um, it doesn't. The driver has no control over when he's released from the pits. He just goes. He's not. He's not checking his mirrors. He's not supposed to check his mirrors. And so that I think that was the right thing to do. Um, would you agree, Javi? Uh, I definitely like that they penalized the team rather than the uh, um, driver. Uh, I still feel that even when it's the team's fault, they should penalize the drivers because sometimes that's like the only way to penalize them um, immediately. 
Sometimes I wish it, some punishments would be more swiftly, but uh, I am glad that it did not affect the racing. That I am definitely proud of. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think that's what's important. I mean, maybe you know, maybe if it's not gonna this is and this is objective. This is completely objective and probably not executable by the team of four or three race directors that they use now instead of just Charlie Whiting. Um, but it was nice that it did not affect the racing, just as Javi said. Um, so maybe if it's not going to affect the racing, you can assign the driver penalty to save the team money. Or if it's going to affect the racing, assign the team a penalty and not affect the driver. Maybe they can assign like a choosable penalty later on. You know, like, I don't know, because then the wealthy teams would always pick. What I was going to say is maybe they can give the teams an option. Uh, listen, guys, you could, if I'm the FIA, they, you could get with the team principal and be like, listen, you guys can either take a five-second penalty or a 50,000 lira um, <laughs> penalty. I don't know why they would charge them in Turkey money, but... Only Turkish money is what the FIA needs to accept. <laughs> yeah, because they pick packed up all their shit out of France and left and with the, the turkey. Uh, but yeah, maybe they can give them some sort of an option for the teams to choose choose from like like that. Um, but I do feel that maybe like the wealthier teams will always pick the, the monetary penalty and then that'll give them another advantage that they don't necessarily need. It's not what uh -huh. I want to happen. But I don't know, maybe something like that. Can't. I think I think that could work fairly well because even even a wealthier team probably isn't going to just like be like, oh, you know what? Let's cut off this driver in the pit and unsafe release because we're just going to have to pay a fine because one, I don't think um, they probably wouldn't have the opportunities that much. And two, that would just add like more things that the team has to think about like oh who can who can we impede in the pit stop release to try and to try and take advantage Gain of this an advantage yeah so i think yeah. obviously that would oh maybe they get you know what i really like the penalty that i really like that or not penalty yeah i guess you can call it a penalty that i really like that chain bear offered was a ballast a championship ballast. oh a success it, ballast yeah yeah i would really like that sort of a thing maybe choosing between a time penalty or a ballast penalty so listen if i again if i were the if i thought up uh, toto wolf i'd be like listen toto you could either take 80 kilograms the next race or a five second penalty right now take your pick oh that'd be good because you know like let's say Mercedes just losing like this race. Yeah, obviously Toto's gonna be like, um, give me the five it. second. Or no, five I think seconds, he take. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah. say I think he take the five second because he's already screwed. So like, what's he gonna do? But you know, if he was like in the lead, uh, maybe. Well, this is kind of a hypothetical. Let's say Sebastian, uh, the 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 Canadian GP issue. Um, they mm -hmm. uh, Ferrari would have taken eighty kilograms the next race to give Sebastian the win that race. Yeah. So that would be a really cool idea. And I, I love the success ballast idea, um, especially in Formula One where engineering is such a huge thing. Like, because 
Mercedes could, and this is demonstrated also by Ferrari, really, by Sebastian in this race. You can start in the back, but dead last in a wet race and have a dominant car and get all the way up to second in a wet race. That's not even saying a dry, dry race, you could win still if you have a dominant car because the other cars are so slow. So with this engineering difference that they have, I think success ballast is perfect for F1 at, the, at this current state of what it's in. Because yeah. you know, you just keep adding weight to Mercedes, it's gonna it's gonna even out eventually. And if Mercedes has, you know, after five seasons, an extra two hundred kilograms to carry around, and they are still dominating, I mean, I don't know if you could argue in any way, shape, or form <laughs> that they it's deserve just it. Because, yeah, it, that it's just because uh, they're spending more money. If they yeah. have an extra, they have to carry around an extra two hundred kilograms. I, and they're still winning and dominating, then by all means, give them all of the awards. That For sure. And I'm glad you brought that up. That is that is brilliant because I think that is the perfect – I think that's a perfect solution for F1. I mean, I know I know the W Series uses that, but, like, even then, it, it seems pretty useless in the – well, not useless, but it seems um, almost uh, – a moot point in the in the w series because they all they share their engine we talked about this before the podcast they share engineers yeah. they share data and then they swap cars every race like you can't yeah. get more a more of a fair playing field than that really yeah they're already extremely uh fair more of a spec series than any other spec for sure yeah like that's extremely spec like all the information is shared and i feel like that's more important than a success ballast like you share information because that that is one thing that f1 teams do not do is give anyone information other than maybe red bull and toro rosso i think they'd mercedes would rather share money than share information yeah yeah mercedes would definitely bet on people not being able to determine what they've determined for their engineering uh instead of just they wouldn't want to give the data they would rather be like oh yeah here's 10 million but you bet you still can't figure out what we know yeah so yeah so the, our next bullseye um moving on from that then is uh it's something we talked about in the battles or no in the uh oh yeah in the battles and that's stroll running kevin magnuson wide i am all about it uh as much as lance stroll has been underwhelming this season um I was Usually super, underwhelming. yeah, typically underwhelming. I was super excited to see him battling not only up front, but throwing Kevin Magnuson wide. Like you know what, he was like, "Yo, screw you, K Mag. I'm not freak. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not battling with you. I'm just shoving you off the track." Yeah, very uh, Max Verstappen ish. Very That's Max Verstappen ish, and it was brilliant. Love to see it. Wish we could see more of it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, what's our next bullseye? Next bullseye would be Seb working his way through, unlike what uh, Palmer said, Seb working his way from last to second place. Um, you know, given more time, I'm sure he would have been battling for, for first place too. Um, yeah. Just imagine if he started in base. 18th. Yeah. He definitely would have been battling for, for first. Uh I like and, I like to see him driving like this. I wish he would drive more like this because I'm a Sebastian Vettel fan, but unfortunately he has uh disappointed me much of the time this season, but 
I'm just excited that I got to see Sebastian racing back in such a way that it reminded me of his Toro Rosso victory at the Italian at Monza. GP. Oh yeah. God, yes, yes, that was brilliant. And, and, and I got to see that. And okay. I, and just full disclosure, I may be a Mercedes fan, um, but just just to put this out there. I would take good racing any day over seeing Mercedes win. And you can, you know, oh, if you too. follow me on Twitter, you see this because this whole season I have won Valtteri to destroy Lewis. Um, I love Lewis. He's probably my favorite driver. I've been a fan of his for a long time since I came into F1. But the dominance, you know, dominance is fine. I respect that in their engineering sectors and everything. But nothing is going to be above good racing good battling between different people i want to see that battle between anybody i love i love the battle that anyone can win so so i want to see sebastian succeed just as much as i want to see lewis succeed except k mag i do not want to see k mag succeed ever i even want to see max succeed more than k mag i want k mag out of the sport um something that the uh Formula One and Done guys would always make a reference to. They constantly annoy me by making references to WWE and their want for and desire for Formula One to look more like WWE. Um, I always think that they want Formula One to be more like WWE than just watch WWE. Um, No need to make or turn Formula One into WE. But after having watched this entertaining of a race, uh, I now understand what why they uh, why they want to turn it into WWE because it is a very exciting and very captivating when when it is this exciting. Yeah, um, I don't know. I you know there's another there's another podcaster who makes a lot of WWE references um but I don't know it's whatever you know who's that it's uh yeah. F1 everything oh yeah well, he likes WWE a lot no well, I I don't really watch it uh, I don't mind it but I don't definitely don't want I don't yeah want I I don't want spandex out there. I don't, yeah, I don't want, well, I mean. I, I understand what they mean, though, is what I'm trying to say. I am not, I might want to see people in spandex out there, but I don't want a scripted result. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if all oh, the drivers yeah, race in, yeah, you know, if I get to see Carlos Sainz or Nico Hulkenberg in spandex, I'm not going to pass up that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> that might be entertaining. Yeah, that might be fantastic, but. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to see, uh, I don't want to see a scripted result. That because I mean, that's all WWE is. They write the drama and they let it unfold according to the script, <laughs> which is not one I want. F one. Now, if you know, if someone was writing F one and they could write it just like this Hockenheim race, maybe I would change my opinion. But um, it well, just that's knowing the thing about WWE, they could. Just knowing that it, it would be written would pretty much ruin it for me because this this race proves that you can have that kind of drama without having to have it scripted. Yeah. I I actually would still watch it even if it wasn't entertaining just because I'd like to see the 
cars go around the track super quick. Well, yeah, we watched we watched the French Grand Prix, and that was probably the worst fucking race <laughs> that I've ever seen. Yeah, because that was hella boring. Um, well, uh, the next bullseye would be uh, our uh, Papi Papi Kafiet. Oh, um, Papi, yeah. And I call him Papi Kafiet because as of uh, Friday night. Uh, he is a father. Uh, oh, so yeah. Congrats to Papi Kafiet. Congrats um, on the sex. Yeah, yeah. And congrats on making a, on being making biologically a successful. Yeah. You had those may genes. Not the, may not be the, uh, the world's fastest driver, but he has succeeded at life by reproducing. Yeah, and uh, random random side note, I think Javi and I probably share the same opinion or at least close to it. Uh, me personally, I'll just switch this to me personally, I would love to see Daniel Kafiat succeed because for two reasons. One, I thought he That'd was a great a, driver dude. before he was like uh, labeled the torpedo by Sebastian and everyone kind of fucking just bandwagoned that. But two, um, it would be the greatest comeback story, like... Oh, you, yeah. you got promoted to Red Bull and then demoted and then removed from the sport, but then you came back and won a world championship? That would be sweet. And became a dad? And became a dad, yeah. And after everyone says you lose half a second from becoming a dad. What? Who says that? Mark Weber, the- specifically, is who said that, I believe. Yes? <laughs> Why did he say that? What did mm-hmm. he even mean by that? Well, probably he had kids and then he kept sucking, so he just had to make up an excuse of why he was oh, so he slow. Oh, he had kids? Yeah. Multiple? Multiple. Huh. Yeah, he says, they're worth, uh, he says they're worth half a second a lap, I believe. Each? Is the quote. Yeah, each. Huh. Each. So, yeah. Interesting. That's Mark Weber's excuse for why he never won a world championship. Not that he wasn't intense enough to beat the freaking 21-year-old kid that he had to race against, but yeah. whatever. To each his own, right? Yeah. No, I did not know that. That's that's interesting. For sure. Um, Our yeah, next I think that's bullseye. That's all I got to add about Kofi. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're good. Our next bullseye, and this is fantastic. Due to Alfa Romeo using launch control and getting caught, Williams scored a point. And huh. not only not only did Williams I'm score gonna a have point. To check your- Robert Kubica scored the point. Forget George Russell. Forget George Russell, the up-and-coming kid. Robert Kubica, the one who has been constantly getting destroyed by George Russell, scored the point. Um, that put him huh. in 10th place, I believe. Uh, once he's both. in 12th. Yeah, he's in 12th. Yep, he and it put him 12th, in 10th, right? But yeah, they moved him yep. up to 12th because yep. in this chart, they have the two uh, alphas up there. Yeah, so both uh, both Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi were awarded thirty uh, second, thirty second, like a whole lap or a whole half a lap, essentially. Uh, Wait, time so penalties. Sh- shouldn't we give this bullseye to Alpha? Well, we gave him the blunder slash kind of bullseye for trying to break the rules. But I mean, oh, they yeah. can, they can have the bullseye for sure for trying. But I definitely want to give the bullseye to uh, Robert for just even being in the position to oh, get yeah, the uh, yeah. to get the to get the tenth place finish because it's impressive that he beat George because I don't think he's beat George the entire season yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Cronin. You remember Cronin from Yeah, yeah, F1 from F1 and F1 and done. done. Yeah. <laughs> he, Yo, he's wait, probably hang on. not too happy about his predictions here because he constantly talks shit about uh, Kubica. About Kubica. Real quick, yeah. all the guys from F1 and Done, are their names all David? David, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like I, I only know them by uh, their last their names. Their last names, At the yeah. intro because I, I honestly stopped checking. I'm just going to go off the list. I think like three of the four of them whose names are David. <laughs> Do you want to like change our names to? Oh, Ben, and ben Vasquez and Ben Sheets or Javier Sheets and Javier. Vasquez. I like Javier Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay. If you ever listen to F One and Done podcast, just be hilarious. ready. Yeah, be ready to be them. confused about them all having the same name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super confusing the first time that I listened to them. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I've listened to like six episodes now, and I'm still kind of, I still don't quite have it. Like, I know the last names, but like, I'm realizing that all of their names are David. <laughs> I went back and listened to all of this year's episodes, last year's episodes, and the previous year episodes, and I still don't have their first names down. Jesus. <laughs> They're pretty entertaining. So they are entertaining. I like, I like their, uh, their uh, dialogue. <laughs> and then let's talk about Netflix. Oh, I know nothing about this. I didn't know until earlier today. So you have to do all the talking, but I am super excited that they're going to be there. I cannot, I cannot wait until uh, this next season is out in, in what January. And we're reviewing this race, this exciting of a race. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. Let me just get this in uh, into the recording real quick because, oh man, how exciting. Mercedes was being filmed by Netflix for the Drive to Survive season two during the Hockenheim Grand Prix, the shit show that Mercedes put up for the Hockenheim Grand Prix. This is going to be absolutely brilliant. I mean, if you thought that, so if anyone has seen McLaren's documentary from, 20, oh, yeah. from 2017, the car would not even start in their their test, their preseason test. If you thought that was dramatic, screw it. That is nothing compared to Mercedes hyping up their their what two hundredth Grand Prix, 125th. their hundred twenty fifth year in yeah. motorsports, right? Yeah. And then they screw the race so terribly. <laughs> I cannot wait to see Toto's look of dismay on his face. I want to see the engineers. I want to hear Lewis complaining about how he's so sick. <coughs> and then Valtteri just probably being like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah. But, he's oh, man. Isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty straightforward. He's not going to beat around the bush like the other two. But, man, oh, I cannot believe they were filming on this day. This is so perfect. This is going to be great. Not even WWE could write this. No, WWE could not even write this. This is why w, This is why we do not want that kind of uh, that kind of dialogue. We do not want WWE scripted races. We want to be able to witness this type of drama up close firsthand on a Netflix docuseries. Yeah. So that was brilliant. So uh, that was our blunders, battles, and bullseyes. It was a fantastic race. Um, Javi, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, so Verstappen wrapped up the race in first place. Vettel in second. 
Kafia in third, and I know that he wasn't on the podium, but I definitely feel like we should mention it. Oh, it's a podium. He is. Uh, Stroll in fourth. Um, I was really hoping that the uh, podium would end up having Kafia and Stroll on it. Um, even though I'm a Vettel fan, I still wanted to see those two up there. Um, honestly, I would have preferred to see a podium looking like Vettel, Kafia, and Stroll because one, I'm a Vettel fan. Two, he was in last place. And three, who wouldn't want Kafia and Stroll on there? Uh, it's pretty it's got to be a great raise if those two end up on the podium, right? Um, For sure. Overall, great race. Oh, wait. Let me uh, let me interject one thing real quick. Ultimately, you know, it would have been the best podium if Verstappen had crashed, Vettel had crashed, and uh, Nico Hulkenberg didn't crash mm. because we would have had uh, a Hulkenberg-Kafia-Stroll yeah, podium. The ideal, the ideal would have been, for me, um, still Vettel. Uh, uh, Hulkenberg and Stroll. Yeah, For sure, I would. I would totally be happy. I. I think Kafia would too. If Kafia had finished third, or I mean fourth, I think he would be just as happy if he finished third. Um, yeah. So man, that would have been brilliant if uh, Verstappen had crashed, Vettel won because. I mean, well, that Sebastian going from dad. last to first. Yeah, that would be great. And then exactly, yeah, Kafia being a dad, he would have been totally happy with finishing fourth. And then, man, Kaf- and then Stroll and Carlo, or I mean, and Nico Hulkenberg on the podium. Oh, that would have been great. Because it, did you know that Nico Hulkenberg still doesn't even have a podium in his yeah. F1 career? That's what he's famous for. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and this is why this is in the blunders. Like, damn, Nico, like you would have had a podium if you didn't crash off. Yeah. It would have been it would have been one of the greatest races that I would go on to talk about to my my kids whenever I have kids because Nico Hulkenberg getting his first podium after going through hundreds of races and not getting one is one to remember. It is one to remember, and he didn't give us anything to remember. Instead, he crashed out. Oh, he gave me something to remember. It's the guy who's famous for not for getting not. on the podium, not getting on the podium <laughs> when he was about to get on the podium. Damn it, Nico Hulkenberg! What is wrong with you? How do you do that, bro? How do yeah. you do that? Listen, he needs to take my mindset. So when I'm i racing, and I am anywhere near finishing in a position that I'm happy with, and even if I start, like let's say I start on pole. This has been an issue with myself. I struggle with worrying about the people behind me. And I have found a way around that. And all I do is I focus on passing the next person. Even if I'm in first place, I am just, I try and think about, I have to catch someone and pass them because that uh, that allows me to take my mind off of someone behind me chasing me. Because as far as, far as I'm concerned, if like, let's say I've out-qualified someone, I'm starting on pole, even if it's by like a f- the f- most fractional second possible, as far as I'm concerned, I'm faster than you enough to out-qualify you. I need to not worry about you. So what I try and focus on is the person in front of me. Let's say, I mean, even if they're a whole lap ahead of me, what I want to do is make up enough time to pass you. And that allows me to... Uh, to not think about the person behind me and just to race my race and get there. And yeah, I still can't do that. And I, I, I'm not saying that's what Nico needs to do, but that's what Nico needs to do (laughs) because clearly you just said, Nico, listen to me. (laughs) 
That's how you started off the <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a hypocrite, but listen, I'm going to provide the most hypocritical piece of advice I can. <laughs> Same. I'm right there with you. So that's what, that's Nico. That's what you need to do. My friend, S- yeah. shoot me a message on Instagram. We'll talk. I'll get you in the right mind space here. Cause, cause I got you, bro. I got you. And then, uh, there's, yeah, just to finish wrapping up, as we, as we mentioned, Daniel Kafia, the night before the night before the race. So the day, the just hours, short hours following qualifying Nico's girlfriend gives birth to a baby girl. Uh, oh my God. Did I just say Nico? Daniel Kofi's girlfriend I think you gives need to birth. Easy on that rosé. Yeah, you know what? I've probably finished half the bottle already, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, you should probably say it, though. Um, so, Daniel Kofi's girlfriend gives birth to a baby girl, which, <laughs> I mean, how perfect is that, man? Like, he, gives, he, he has a kid the night before, and then he finishes third. That's amazing. Like, yeah. he, he could retire from F1 and be like, you know what? I did pretty good. Like you said, podium first podium of his uh, second career. Exactly, first podium of his second career. Yeah, that's what he said. All right, are we ready to move on to Lewisisms? We only have one, but this is—I don't. This is pathetic. As far I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. There, th- like, as a um, fan of any team. As a fan of any driver, as a supporter of any child, if you're a parent, sometimes those that you support do some things that are embarrassing. Like, for example, Hockenheim Ring 2018. <laughs> that was slightly <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, most of the 2018 season, just to be more broad. Um, Fernando Alonso, uh bitching more than i have ever seen anyone bitch uh, that was great yeah that, that <laughs> kind of gets embarrassing but this one with uh lewis um the driver who uh, just has the most dominating vehicle of all time literally his loss on being sick uh, was uh also slightly embarrassing so I'm going to go through it here. This is in an interview with Sky. It's his post-race. And I don't like to use this term necessarily, but I think this fits. When I heard this interview, I cringed. I'm not saying that the interview was cringe because I don't like that use of it as like an adjective, but I like it as a verb, whereas I cringed listening to it. So I'm just going to read you word for word what Lewis said. They were asking him about his race. And but but hold on. Keep in mind, this guy is in the most dominant car of all time, and this guy is famous. We started Lewisisms because of the things that he says about how great his life and how great and his, his team, team is. yeah, and his fans and all that good stuff. So go on, just keep all that in mind. So in this interview, they're they're asking about his race. Here's what Lewis says. This is one of the worst weekends I can remember having. Health is everything. Just this weekend, I can feel for people who are sick or sickly, in hospitals, or going through difficult times. 
I felt even more for them this weekend, just knowing how horribly it does feel when you're ill. Even though my illness is minuscule compared to a lot of people, <laughs> even though it felt like my world was ending at times. I mean, seriously, Lewis, you're really going to compare yourself to cancer patients. You're really going to compare yourself to people with life-threatening diseases because you have the fucking flu. How big <laughs> of a how big of yeah. a baby are you, dude? That is embarrassing. I would be embarrassed not only if I was Mercedes, but if I were you. If I were in your position, I would have mentioned nothing about my even feeling slightly under the weather because that is the most pathetic excuse a racing driver can come up with, in my opinion. Um, ben, you should probably tone down that rosé. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't even care. I'm loud <laughs> and I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it was definitely a, a sorry excuse of a of an excuse, I guess, for uh the world champion, uh the dominating world champion Lewis Hamilton to say that uh he he knows what it's like to be a sickly ill patient in a bedridden hospital because he had uh, a sore throat. Not even the flu. He just had a sore throat. Yeah, a sore throat. Like, like, bro. Not, not the flu. Just a sore throat. Like, where do you get off? I mean, seriously. First, like, that is get the most over yourself. Problem I have ever heard. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> oh I can't. <laughs> oh my God, Lewis. Jesus Christ. Come on, bro. It's a pretty first world problem thing. I'm not say. even calling. I don't even call people bro that much. But like, I have no other ways to to try and lower Lewis's self esteem than that. I mean, like, come on. Like, you cannot blame your poor race on not feeling well. I mean, I plenty of drivers don't feel well. Like, come on. Most drivers don't feel well when they are in the heat and having to go through the physical ex exhaustion of driving a Formula One race in 90-degree or 100-degree weather. Yeah, so. imagine being George Russell like or Robert Kubica. You have the shittest car ever, and then you still have to race and then come out and say positive things, and then Lewis couldn't even just accept responsibility that he sucked. Like, for that come one race. on, yeah. yeah like, As a driver, really we can't take away that he's a great driver, but uh, yeah, yeah, we can't take it away. Like one race isn't changing that, but like you gotta accept when you were bad. Like, come on, Lewis. <laughs> and that's that's the epitome of a Lewisism, isn't it? Like, it, it's yeah. it might be the uh, the opposite of what we typically. No, it's the epitome, yeah, yeah, it's the epitome of it, for sure. And like Jesus, that's embarrassing. Makes me feel bad to be a Lewis fan. But, but you're still a Lewis fan. Though. But I'm still a Lewis fan, but uh, definitely definitely makes me kind of embarrassed to I'm say I'm a Lewis enthused. fan. Yeah. yeah, I'm a way less enthused Same. Lewis fan. I'm definitely I'm leaning more towards Valtteri. <laughs> yeah. I'm not All right. uh, getting rid of my signed Lewis Hamilton hat anytime soon for that, but <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone that I have one for the next year or so. Exactly. <laughs> everyone forgets about it. Exactly. So, come on, Lewis. You got to do better for us, bro. Like, do it for your fans. Come on. This is embarrassing. <laughs> do it for the best fans. <laughs> do it in for the, world. the best fans. We can only defend you so much, man. Come on. 
All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next race. Um, so next week, and this is just a one-week break, so, you know, real exciting. We don't have to wait two weeks. Uh, we're going to Hungary, uh, Budapest. This is reportedly Lewis's favorite track. Um, uh, all the all the pre-race stuff from Hungary I've seen, Lewis loves this track. Uh, notable events, <laughs> and these are great notable events, I would like to add. So let's just dive right into the notable events <laughs> with our man, Fernando Alonso, talking on the radio and qualifying, the second round of qualifying in 2018. Uh, the, the engineer asked what he would like to do, and Fernando just comes on, Put whatever tire you want. Even if you put a rocket ship, we will still be 11th. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was just saying earlier, that season was uh, nothing but a review or the best hits collection of Alonzo complaining. Literally, the entire 2018 season was was a best hits or was a now, now 18 of uh, of Alonzo Radio. Now that's radio. what I call a complaint. Yeah. Alonzo, no, that's what Fernando I call a complaint. 2018. God. Yo. Okay. We're gonna have a new segment, and it's gonna be now. That's what I call complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Javi just made it up. You heard it. We're the first ones, and it's brilliant. So nobody else is taking it. So that's what we're putting on there. And yeah, man, that what a what in general 2018 was great for Fernando complaints, but this was a brilliant one for sure. Yeah. You could strap a rocket ship on the back and we will be 11. It's, <laughs> hold on, I'd still it still doesn't beat the um, no oh, more man, radio. No, 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 no. It oh. still doesn't beat. Uh, oh wait, oh no. Okay, says the one where he's like, field. oh yeah, it's fantastic. It could not be any slower. <laughs> The car feels much better, much slower than last year's car, or something like that. Uh, I gotta yeah. look it up now. Man, what a douchey Fernando! Yeah, the gist of <laughs> the gist of this complaint that we're talking about is Fernando was like, "I cannot believe you guys made the car even worse than it was." Uh, that was so funny. That was a great and the whole 2018 season for Fernando was just full of incredible complaints on the radio from ranging from no more radio the rest of the race i got i got it Uh, and then this one open it up okay what he says oh the engine feels good much lower than before amazing that's what he says, word for word. <laughs> that is hilarious. Damn it, Fernando. That's a big middle finger to your engineers. And mechanics. Those engineers, oh, engineers had to have just written him up. <laughs> they, they deleted his contact information. They deleted any calendar info they might have about his birthday or any significant events. They are done with Fernando Alonso at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been so pissed off if I were one of his engineers. Oh, God. And then uh, another notable event, which we'll all remember. Uh, well, oh, hang on. I guess I got to say this. So uh, in Hungary 2018, Max loses power in the race, has to retire, swears a lot on the radio, Wh- whatever. I don't care. More important than that is, Kimi, you will not have the drink. Oh, is that one of his uh, engineers? That is one of his engineers. That was the race where Kimi didn't have the drink. Didn't have the drink because somebody didn't disconnect or somebody didn't connect his water hose. And not not only did they not connect the water hose, so the drink was still on, 
And as Kimmy tried to intake oh, the pump. drink, yeah, the pump was still on. The water pump was still on. It was just leaking into his crotch or some <laughs> shit. Because you and you could see that this was the funniest part because you could see the language gap between the Finnish guy, the driver, and the Italian guy who was his pit crew guy. <laughs> because Kimmy kept asking, like, no, is the pump on? That is the drink releasing, not is he is he able to actually take a drink? And the pit guy just kept saying, no, Kimmy, you will not have the drink. He was not understanding that that this water was just seeping into Kimmy's cockpit. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when two uh, uh, people with broken English uh, try to communicate with one another. And it was glorious. Yeah. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, um, and another notable event, uh, the final, well, second to final, penultimate notable event, uh, Botas ran super late. You could even call this Max Verstappen-esque uh, late into a corner and literally ran into Daniel Ricciardo. Even more than Max Verstappen ran into Charles Leclerc at Austria this year in 2019. And not only did Botas just say like fuck you and hit Daniel off the track and literally hit Daniel off the track like Daniel went off and I don't I don't think he retired but he was like damn like Valtteri just hit me like hard (laughs) (laughs) and Valtteri says it was Ricardo's fault for trying to go around the outside of him yeah it reminds me of uh, Max Verstappen just a couple races or at Austria uh, yeah. Immediately getting on the radio after he, he hit me, Leclerc, yeah, he knocks Leclerc off the track. He's like, he's he hit me, he hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it was man, Botas. That was, I mean, to be fair to Valtteri, that was definitely a low point in his career. That was after the whole wingman calling incident by Toto, and so that's whatever. But oh, that was funny because <laughs> man, he he turned like. 20 feet after he should have turned and then ran it well out of his yeah just to go yeah even more than max went out of the way to hit leclerc i mean like comparatively max made the turn perfectly compared to what (laughs) botas did it was entertaining but that was fun all right so let's let's just kind of preview uh the hungry race oh no i'm lost that's where we're at. Javi, take us into the fastest laps of the Hungary race, if you would, please. Yeah, so the fastest in-race lap, might I add here. In-race. Uh, yeah, is the 2004 F2004 Ferrari, the SF70H uh, at a 119.71, the fastest qualifying time. Hella fast. Point two seven six, uh, set by a one Sebastian Vettel. Oh, sorry. Ooh, I mixed up the cards there. Yeah, you well, you yeah. kind of said it right. You just didn't introduce the race record for the first one. Yeah, the race record uh, set in the two thousand four Ferrari by Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a one nineteen point zero seventy one, and then the fastest qualifying time set by Sebastian Vettel. Uh, in an SF70H and his time was 1 minute 16 seconds point 276 just a just a bit of a disclosure um <laughs> if you're listening to be honest 
Um, so we're still just kind of, you know, we're new to the podcast game. We're working out how we're going through this podcast. I have highlighted what I'm going to read in a very light blue, and I've highlighted what Javi is going to and read in a very blue. dark Patronus red, blue. and it's probably a lot harder Ferrari to see. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it a, a lot. Bit. <laughs> I've probably, probably not set I've not set Javi up for success. <laughs> It's okay. With these readings, and I'm kind of just realizing that as I'm trying to read it myself. R- read my stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So my but apologies. That color's, that color's Patronus blue. Yeah. Uh, my, my stuff, and the same thing while we're editing this, I we like to put things in our favorite race team's colors, but I kind of screwed Javi over on this one, to be honest. It's all right. I, I, will, I can recover. I will work on this in the future. So let's move on to the, the, the our favorite part of the show, our most original part that we actually made up ourselves, <laughs> the Mad Lib Race predictions. So last week, let me just recap these from last week. Uh, we have five. We do five every week. And just to give you guys, if you haven't heard about it, if, you, if you're not even familiar with a Mad Lib, a Mad Lib, you just take out some random part of speech and have your friend replace it, and it makes a hilarious sentence. No matter what you do, really, it's going to be funny. So our last week's predictions, here they are, one through five. Rich Energy. Rich Energy's next new name will be Blue Tomato Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is already taken by another company. That, and that didn't come true. <laughs> yeah. Second, Roman Grosjean will cause this week's collision. Uh Oh, shit. That might have been true. He didn't cause, he didn't cause it. Yeah. He didn't cause it. Yeah, I'd really and give it to K Mag. Um, he did hit his team. No, I'm not, I'm talking about the pit crew one. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Remember the pit crew one? Yes. yes. But although the K Mag one, uh, Grosjean didn't like immediately blame K Mag, which makes me think like he secretly knows he's responsible for it, and because of that, he couldn't go out and blatantly lie and blame his teammate for it so that one (laughs) may be right which honestly is not that big of a race predict not that big of a gamble oh here to be fair to be fair just to say we got it i'm gonna finish my glass of rose as uh as you continue to talk about this just for three more seconds uh one two three done Mm, nice good cover (laughs) yeah all right well just to be fair to all the viewers i just finished my glass of rosé well how they counted counted to three uh no i probably had oh man i got like half a glass more in my bottle (laughs) (laughs) okay you ever heard of uh drunk history yes i love that show what if what if we do drunk F1? Wait, we got to... That's a good idea, but we got to finish. I only have 10% battery left on my phone. Okay. <laughs> that's unfair for drunk F1. Uh, this is amazing. Okay. Number three, our uh, prediction from last week. Uh, Gunther Steiner will call Roman Grosjean a fat dachshund. That didn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, man. Um, I don't like that. Ugh, that was a good As a one. dachshund owner, I don't like that. <laughs> that's hilarious. And our fourth prediction, William Story will be back next year with a f- new Formula One team called Disappointment Gold Smelly Energy. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we haven't been proved wrong on that yet. We haven't. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not taking a drink for that one. I'm not finishing my me wrong. one 
16th of a bottle of rosé. Uh, and our fifth prediction was Kevin Magnuson will have a new phrase, suck my turbo, mate. And that didn't <laughs> happen, so I don't have to finish my drink. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So basically, I guess we got one prediction right. <laughs> so that's good. Yo, yeah. we've had we've had a two for ten. So we have a 20% correct ratio with these Mad Lib predictions, which is way more than I ever really expected huh. we would have. Right? I honestly did not. I wouldn't expect anything above a zero. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, one. Your Mad Lib race predictions. Yeah, we're already terrible with what parts of speech it actually is. <laughs> yeah, I, second, me. Me for one. Well, I mean, I messed up like three parts of speech last week because I said it was like an adjective when really I needed a verb. So, yeah, yeah it's not I even have dyslexic hearing is my problem. So I hear you say adverb, <laughs> but like, no, I'm not joking. I have dyslexic hearing. I, I hear you say adverb, but I hear adjective and, or I just hear verb. And yeah, go ahead. We're intelligent. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I have a finance degree. You have a business degree. But yet we don't know nothing. <laughs> All right. Javi, are you ready to do this week's Mad Lib Race predictions? Uh, does it matter? We're still going to do it, so let's get to it. <laughs> does it get any more factual than that? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a constructor. Uh, Braun. Oh, my Braun God. <laughs> well, I didn't say Talked current. Guard there, didn't I? Yep, I didn't say current constructor, so shit, I'll have to remember that next week. <laughs> 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 okay, Javi, give me a disease. Uh, leprosy. Thank God, that's brilliant. I don't know how to spell leprosy. <laughs> Why right. so many people suffer from it? All right, Javi, give me an adjective. Um, Patronus blue. Okay. <laughs> does that work? Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. All right, give me another adjective. Long, long. I'm looking at Hi yeah, I'm okay. looking at Heidi right Perfect. now. Perfect. That's funny. Wagging her tail. That's good. So I thought of long. That's good. And then a noun. Uh, uh man, I want to say dachshund, but uh. Yeah, you used that one last week. Rosé, specifically wine rosé. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that works. That's funny, and uh, wow. Oh, I guess I did pretty good this week. All I need is an adjective now. Wait, actually, hang on. Just to give you some more time to think. I would like to point out, we are probably going to bring on a third host to add some uh, contradictive input in here. But this third host was placed in charge of giving me the five race predictions this week. And he failed to deliver the race predictions <laughs> before the podcast. So I had to make them up. Well, in so, all fairness, he only had a week, and yeah, he is well, famous nah. just like just like well, Lewis for Lewisisms. He is he only had like an hour. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's famous for having a time handicap. We love you, Kenny. <laughs> remember, we love you. He, just don't forget that we love you. <laughs> <laughs> just, don't <forget. laughs> just don't forget. Okay, give me an adjective. Uh, sweaty. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
That's funny and gross. Okay, Javi, are you ready for this week's Mad Lib Race predictions? Uh, does it matter? We're just looking at it anyway. No, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read them to you whether you like it or not. <laughs> Hopefully next yeah. week we'll have someone else come up with a race prediction so I can actually pick a verb or noun or something. But in the meantime, number one, we will see a brawn front row lockout. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not oh, going to see that. <laughs> If we see that, oh my god, you have got to finish an entire yo, bottle of rose in yo, under three seconds. Yep. If yo, if we see a brown front row lockout, yo, honestly, uh, well, I don't want to get too risky. If no, we see a Mercedes it. front row lockout, oh. I'll drink a whole bottle of rose before the yeah, next that's, podcast. That's really just, risky, dude. Just to be fair, I'm gonna say it. I'll do it. I, I don't care. I'll do it. I'll take that oh risk. I'm kind of intoxicated already. I mean, I've probably drinking drink. Yeah, drink. Whatever. I've already I've already finished fourteen sixteenths of the bottle. No, thirteenth sixteenths of the bottle. I don't want it to be divisible. Um, so because otherwise I would be at uh two eighths? No. So what's one the fourth? next one? What's, the, what's anyway, the next prediction? Thank you. Uh, the next prediction is Lewis will conquer his leprosy. <laughs> oh my god, you drunk or not? That is hilarious because he's just complaining. Uh, okay, so Lewis is ill. <laughs> oh no, I dropped my phone. Hang on, let me reconnect my mic. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Yes. Dude, our <laughs> listeners are either going to be super annoyed or super entertained by what's happening. Uh, I'm just gonna. I don't even want to clap because I don't know if that's funny enough to keep it or not. <laughs> Lewis will did. conquer his leprosy and finish first place in the Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs> oh, the Germans are not happy with that prediction, are they? Clap. <laughs> Hey. I'm probably not even going to edit it out. That was funny enough. Um, <laughs> third, Max Verstappen crashes in qualifying due to a Patronus Blue tire issue and will fail to advance to Q3. So apparently he's going to go out on full wets <laughs> and not make it to Q3. So dumbass move by Red Bull. They go out on fourth. Yeah, to go out on rats, probably on a dry race based on every time I've ever seen a Hungarian race. Fourth, Gunther Steiner gets fed up with both of his drivers, calling oh, them a long rosé. Oh, Not sure what that means, but but you know what? My rosé is full of protein. I'm doubting that these Haas drivers have any full-bodied rosé in them. Yeah. Maybe maybe Grosjean because he's French, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the only likely likely outcome here. Oh man, I can and uh, then wait to listen to our podcast in review because yeah, just go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> we suck. <laughs> and fifth, Nico Rosberg once again gives useless post race analysis. <laughs> Constantly repeating the word sweaty. <laughs> I'm not putting that. I'm not going to put that past him, too. He, he, he sucks. 
You're probably just going to be like, wow, it was hot and hungry. Everyone was so sweaty. Oh, the sweat. Oh, the sweaty driver here. Sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Typical Nico. All right. That's it. That's all we have for you tonight. Thank you for putting up with us. Thank you for putting up with me drinking pretty much an entire bottle of rosé. <laughs> and Javi just dealing with me uh, drinking his couple of Racer 5 IPAs. Oh, I do know I had two. Oh, who knows? I'm a, I'm a magnificent, brilliant, alcoholic genius, I guess. I just know these things. I just know these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, All right. I, I now, had a lot of fun, so maybe from now on we could do a uh, drunk F1 race review because... I had a ton of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Did Emily have any fun? I don't know. She's watching The Bachelor right now, to be honest, so I have no idea. Is Tori watching The Bachelor? Not yet. She's... Still hasn't come home. Oh. Yeah, I have it. I have it recording. No worries. That's nice. Well, also, you don't record in a separate room, so you don't have to worry about that anyway, right? Uh, no. No. Because I record, uh, I have a desk in our bedroom, and that's where I, oh, pardon me. That's where I record. Javi records in the, uh, in the simulator that he has set up. I'm not sure what to call this room because the whole it's like connected to the living room and the kitchen. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to call this. So he basically records in a dining room if they had a dining room, which oh, yeah, is yeah. what I would. Yeah, I, I right? forgot that's what this was. I just haven't had a dining yeah. room in a long ass time. Ex- exactly, and I don't. That's tip. Like, if I had a choice, that's where I would record. But if I had to pick. Um, between the dining room and then the the room for the best sound quality, I would pick the bedroom because I definitely get better sound quality in here. <laughs> but uh, for convenience, I would pick the I would pick the dining room because then I would not have to move anything. Yeah, it stays out all year long. Yeah, yeah. His Gahavi has no issue setting up or anything. I kind of move my stuff around because I try and cater to. Uh, what M's would would prefer, which is fine, but I'm drunk, so, <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's end this off. podcast and go. Uh, yeah, let's go racing or play Grand Theft Auto or something, buddy. Yeah, let's do that. I want to do that. All right, thank you guys for listening so much. Yeah, I hope you. you enjoyed this every week. I think we have more fun with it, especially if I get intoxicated and Javi doesn't or gets less intoxicated. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> next week we might have another host um our friend kenneth mckeever um we've been looking for someone to come in with kind of uh uh so so javi and i kind of agree on i mean everything like it's not very often where we have yeah we don't have disagreeing viewpoints but kenny our friend kenneth he'll come in he doesn't even have to agree he could make a point just for fun and he would be able to hold it up because he's that good at holding his own opinion. So uh, I think we're going to have a third host next week. So be on the lookout for that. Um, oh, shit. Formula E. We need to get around to that. I don't know. Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. Ugh. If they would just make it available in the United States sooner than like a week after the race, 
we would have it down because we have we have the spare time. It's just that it doesn't become available to us to watch until like the time where we want to record the F1 podcast. Yeah. And then the what was it? The the previous episode, we we did it because they they let it they they gave it to us for free. <clears throat> but uh, it's not available as of now. Well, it's probably available, but we didn't have time to watch it because we only have a couple days to record because of our work schedules. So hopefully we'll get that out to you. Hopefully we'll have a third host here soon. And uh, thank you guys all so much for listening for the support. We have like eight ratings on uh, iTunes, which is way more people than I've asked. I feel like we've only asked three people to report us on iTunes. So this is great. You guys are awesome. Oh, we're definitely getting reported. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't report us like that. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. If you want to, you know, whatever. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, follow us. So we have Twitter, Instagram, at copy that mate. Um, we have, yo, send us our email, send us emails, send us race predictions, whatever you want. We don't even care. We'll check it. We don't get any other emails at copy that mate pot or no at copy that podcast at gmail.com. You can follow my own personal Twitter page, uh, at get Benjamins. You can follow Javi's own personal Twitter page at Javask, which is at J A V V A S Q U. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Q U. All yeah. right. Bye. Bye.